0: Friends, welcome to the Church Deployed podcast. I'm Christopher Cass, and I'm Ronnie Marriott, and I am so excited to welcome you to episode two of the podcast entitled "Counseling During a Pandemic." We made two. Before we dive into the content, I want to introduce our guest. Uh, We have David Couch with us. David is our local and global outreach pastor. Yes, Uh, he has served with our church now for thirty-three years. 33 years. Minus yes. 20. Yes. Oh, so 13 years. Yes. Oh, well, that's a
1: quick back. <laughs> David. That's impressive. Must have been Howard Payne. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: <yeah>, yeah.
1: Sick and <laughs> embarrassed. Now, David, you have... You and he's a good-looking on... guy. I mean, you got to... Look at that. The hair is working. I up. mean, if you say so. Yeah. Yes. I do. And I know.
0: <laughs> David, you've been on our staff now for a long time. You've served several different positions. And yes. I've got to say, I've, I've had the joy of serving with a lot of staff through the last 20-something years. Yes, yes. You yes. are... One of the finest admit, uh, associate pastors that I've ever seen. So, thank you for joining in this work with us. Uh, tell me, yes. tell me, tell us some of your story. A lot of people don't know you, uh, okay. so tell us some of your story.
2: Sure. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in uh, in West Texas, in little town Vernon, Texas. And uh, matter of fact, I. I Worked on farms and ranches. What was uh, the Vernon
1: mascot? What was your high school the mascot? They were the lions. The lions. The Vernon lions. I would have thought and vipers were, or something. You but, would
2: have thought or yeah. or rattlesnakes or something. Okay. But uh, there were a lot of them there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, played sports. Loved it. Loved football. Um, you, well, there's long stories about that, but that's uh, also where I met my wife, Carrie. She is uh, a farmer's daughter. And uh, we um, hung out together uh, those years and then uh, went off to college and wound up spending some time at Howard Payne.
1: Yay. Stingham jackets. Go jackets.
2: <laughs> and, uh, I love to do that. Enjoyed that time. Then uh, transitioned over to University of North Texas where there were actual people to minister to. Oh,
1: wow. Because Did Carrie follow you to those two places? She,
2: she was at San Angelo State oh, while yeah. I was at Howard Payne. I know that well. And then uh, we missed each other so much she came and spent a semester with me at Howard That's Payne. That's what it was. Yeah, and then I realized I can't afford Howard Payne. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's an elite. Yeah.
2: yeah, it is. It's up there. It's up there. Uh, you know, we uh, I graduated from University of North Texas. Mount Congratulations! And then went and did some ministry in Hope, Arkansas, of all places, mm. the home of the Bill home Clinton, of, if yeah. I remember right. Till Bill. Yeah, and uh, I lived about a, about two blocks from his boyhood home. It yeah, was, it was lovely. lovely. What was he like? Uh, you know, he was—he uh, wasn't there. He was oh. kind of busy while I was there. So he, he moved to—he moved to some big white house somewhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, during cool. that time. Good answer. Uh, I did meet a cousin of his though. Uh, we uh, while we were there, and what Arkansas, did you do in Hope? In Hope, I was a recreation and life groups or a student pastor actually there, and uh, we ran the city's upward. Sports program. We ran the basketball program in the City of Hope. so wow. we partner. you had a long city. history with
1: Upper. Yeah, yeah,
2: a long time. About as long as uh, they started well, for a while. Yeah. Were you yeah. there from Since the beginning. Started. Yeah, no, not in the 80s. that was early eighties, okay. late eighties. I was I was young. Hmm. So anyway, I wound up going to uh, the DFW area, uh, started seminary at Southwestern, and uh, I served at Lane Prairie Baptist Church there in Joshua, Texas, uh, while I did my. Um, Four years at Southwestern. Yeah, <laughs> That's a two-year degree, right? Yeah, well, for yeah. some, for some. Yeah, for some. yeah. Uh, but they supported me uh, there. That's where I met uh, my hero. One of my heroes in ministry is uh, Doctor Scott Floyd. Uh, you know, he was a he was a professor there at Southwestern uh, in the counseling program.
1: Yeah,
2: and um, he uh, he actually is the one that recommended me to do my externship here at First Baptist at Promises Counseling Center. So, thankfully, I got to do my LPC licensure there. And what, is, what is
1: an externship as opposed to an internship? Oh, really? You want to talk
2: about that? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so, a,
1: does that mean you're an ex? This it's is good, very be, academic. Uh, you used to be
2: something? The, yeah. yeah. Exter, extern is external. Intern <laughs> uh, is internal. Hmm, that makes sense. And Those so,
1: words seem to. Yeah. yeah you can, That's you deep. can
2: do your internship at the school. So, can, David, I got a question uh, for you. Oh, so, Yeah.
0: How did you end up actually getting hired here at the church?
2: So, uh, while I was doing my externship, oh, okay. uh, I applied for the recreation position, and um, and thankfully I got it, and I'm so blessed to be here. It's a wonderful, uh, wonderful church.
1: So, as they say in Vernon, you've been in these parts for a while, right? You've
2: been in these parts for a while. Yeah. I have. I feel like a Burleson egg. Good. Yeah. You look like one. Well, thank you. It's the hair. It's the beard. Or it could be the beard.
0: Now, David, you mentioned the name of Dr. Scott Floyd. Yeah. Right? So, he was at Southwestern. Now, He was a professor there, didn't he? Oversee the the counseling. He
2: was. He was one of the. Yeah, he was one of the department heads, but uh, Dr. Jones was was the main dean. And then
0: he went to BH Carroll.
2: And then, uh, yeah, so Dr. Floyd is now the. He's a senior fellow at BH Carroll Theological Institute, and uh, he's also our clinical rector now of Promises Counseling Center. What does that mean? So he is in charge of. Uh, all the counselors. Uh, So he's really my boss to some degree. Did you uh, say rector? Director. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) director. I I could have sworn he
0: said rector. I thought we had gone Episcopal here. He's the the director. Direct. Okay, (laughs) so essentially what you're saying is that we run a Christian counseling center here, which is doing incredible work in our community. Correct. And to be... Uh, legal and to be have proper supervision, we have to have someone who's way beyond uh, the just the regular counselor level, correct, which is Dr. Floyd. right.
2: So he's in charge of all our supervisors, all of our doctors. all the and, clinical and, things and the of counseling. Things. He, he yeah. makes sure that we are uh, above board and run ethically. We have 13 counselors. Wow, uh, wow. interns all the way up to um, doctors.
1: And you mentioned Dr. Jones, Ian Jones. Ian Jones. Yeah, Yeah. he was my professor at Howard Payne before he went to Southwestern. Oh yeah, he's a great guy. Great, great guy. Once again, proving that Ronnie knows everybody. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Yes. (laughs) Many degrees of separation. Why?
0: Yeah. So we're talking about promises, and yeah. promises now has thirteen licensed That's counselors. Awesome. Yes. Very, very exciting. Uh, I know that this we're talking about counseling through a pandemic, and from March, as March eighth was our last Sunday on mm-hmm. campus. Mm-hmm. Then we had all this stuff happen, and. What we saw from March all the way through the end of August, every single month, we have seen higher numbers of counseling clients than ever in history before. Right. Steady increase. So two questions. One is, what are the main you know, presenting problems that we are mm-hmm. counseling through at Promises? And then the, the second question is, why, why are we growing so much? Why do we have so much? Why is the need so great right now?
2: Right. Um, The you know the first question, the second question I'm going to answer first. Okay. Mainly because uh, we're one of the only counseling centers I know in the DFW area that doesn't advertise. We all of our advertising is done by word of mouth. Word of mouth. (laughs) Wow. And and it's not something that we uh, uh, we spend a lot of energy on. It just happens. Uh, We also provide a good service. Uh, It's a it's a discounted rate, and so. Uh, you can't get the rates that we offer uh, anywhere in the Metroplex and have good quality therapy, if I do say so myself. But the, the main presenting problems that, that, you've, that we're seeing now are the same presenting problems we've always seen. It's just that because of the, the pandemic, uh, those heightened. problems are heightened. Yes. Exactly Why? It's because you, you have stress. You have so much capacity for stress. We maintain anxiety is good. We maintain a level of anxiety that we're that's manageable, most of us. However, when you add external stressors, uh, that heightens the the actual problems that you've been maintaining, and so people are finding that uh, they have higher levels of anxiety and depression. Uh, and this is amongst all ages. I mean, five year olds and up. Mm. And, and you deal with all ages. We and do it promises. It, right? We. we you, Pretty much, yeah. you know, our our so clinical gonna, director determines uh, yeah. what the youngest age that we maybe not see. infants. You're He's not a, counseling we're infants. Not doing a lot we're of infants that Okay, not a lot of that. that's uh, good to clarify. Nor preemies. We don't do any of those either. Ah, good. Um, we uh, we have a lot of relationship struggles. You know, marriage, family, those kinds of things. Past abuse. Those are those are part of that, and then a lot of habitual sin. Uh, so those are those kinds of things are popping up they're they're revealing themselves or manifesting themselves and so so habitual sin up.
1: what what is that define just, that a little more specifically uh,
2: so you know things like pornography things like addictions uh, things like affairs um, those are sins that are being found out or they're just finally people are saying hey I've got to deal with this because there there's all this added stress
1: yeah Wow so Two questions. Are you prepared to name church members that are in counseling on this podcast?
2: I'll take money for those who are who don't want to be named. <laughs> and, uh,
1: <laughs> anonymity. Uh, but the second thing, uh, what are some of the signs? Like if I have a, a loved one that's going through stress or anxiety, what are some things I can notice about that maybe, yeah. hey, they need a little more help than me just giving them right. cliches? Right.
2: Well, you know, if they're, they're not sleeping well, if they're sleeping too much— uh, if they're not engaged, if their uh, their diet has changed, if they' they're eating more or eating a lot less, things like that yeah. um, so, you know stomach issues uh, mm. some some people actually get hives. I mean I've we've seen f- f- you know serious physiological <laughs> yeah responses to stress wow. and anxiety and uh, yeah that's pretty common things
0: yeah, which scripture actually talks about yes. right yes, sure so does. that you know spiritual mental issues can have physical, Right. Uh, Results.
2: That's exactly right.
0: Hmm. I think it's interesting. So, what I hear you saying, why we're having such a surge in counseling, which again, I don't think it can be overstated. Every single month since March, we have set a new monthly total record of sessions delivered. Correct. That's amazing. Yes. Right. So we, have, we, we go through our lives, and things are kind of okay, and we have a certain amount of stress in our lives. Right. And we also have a certain number of stress reliefs that we have, and things kind of balance, and we're okay. But when we added the pressure of now we're focused in our homes, we have less external stimulus, now that stress becomes unmanageable. Right. And so that's really what's driving uh, right. some of these...
2: Yeah, our you know our family systems have this. They have this homeostasis, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, it's there and it's manageable. Uh, you know, we can manage it as individuals, but we also do it as a family system. And when we added the pandemic, or when the, the pandemic hit, um, it it kind of threw us off our normal system, and it forced us to kind of rethink the way we do things. Well, I've heard stats like. Uh, divorce rate is has seen a
1: rise. Domestic violence, it's you know, we've we been fighting against suicide. Yes, seen all a big these rise. Kinda, those are extremes. Right. But just kind of the normal, hey, I just don't feel well. I feel it's not COVID, it's not it's not the virus. Right. It's just all these other mm-hmm. manifestations of the stress and depression that, that I've repressed inside. Right. Yeah. And a
2: lot of those indicators are already there. Yeah. It's just the, the pandemic kind of forced them to to be dealt with. And, and unfortunately a lot of people choose to to not get help. Yeah. And wind up in a divorce, or wind up with suicide.
1: So, why are we seeing so much difficulty in homes right now?
2: You know, there's there's a lot of stress with you know dual income families where husband and wife both work, uh, and they're they maybe home more often. Uh, we see a lot of um, a lot of struggles with couples. will say, you know, my kids are always around. They're not at school. They have nowhere to go. And uh, so, being around each other, you have cabin fever, and then you add the normal things that stress you out. Uh, it can it can only uh, get worse.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which Robin took three other jobs just to be able to <laughs> not be at home. So I understand what you're talking about. It's
2: a lot you of stress. Know, and it is fascinating too that some families have discovered that because uh, the pandemic has forced them to slow down, they've actually spent more time together, and yeah. so they're finding it beneficial. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It it works on both sides of the coin here.
0: Yeah. Okay. so now you just said that we've got some that are kind of excelling in this in this time. Mm -hmm. We have others that are struggling. So what can what can we do? What can I do? What can we all do to maintain our family system, to keep it healthy? Mm. Prescribe for us what are what are some things we need to be doing?
2: That's good. Um, you know, I was spending some time in Scripture, uh, and I, I, I was asking the question, what? and I hate to say the cliche, what would Jesus do? But, <laughs> but I did. I began to look and say, what did He do when He was anxious? And the only time I can think of that He was the most anxious is when He was in the Garden of Gethsemane preparing for the crucifixion in Matthew 26. Hmm. Uh, and I, I kind of read through that, and I, I looked at it, and I thought, what are, some, what are three things— that I feel like we can glean from this. And it was quite fascinating. Uh, you know, he, he took his 12 disciples, or 11 at that point, uh, and he took them to the garden. He said, he said just wait here um, and, and sit and wait for me. And so he had his, his large group of friends, if you will, around him. Then he took his, his closest uh, disciples, the three, and he brought them a little bit further up into the garden and and what I thought was fascinating is as he began to uh, share his vulnerabilities and his pains and his struggles, he didn't go straight to the Lord. He actually went to those those three disciples first. Hmm. He said, "I'm I'm very troubled. I'm deep, deeply troubled," and then he asked them to do something for him. That was stay awake and pray, yeah. and he said, "And keep watch for me." Yeah, and, that's good. And that's something that we don't really think a whole lot about. Is we we feel like we have to. Take our problems and own them ourselves, but we have people around us that can support us and encourage us. And then the the, the last thing that Jesus did is he went he went alone and he kind of got on his face before the Lord and he and he sought the Lord. And man, that that fits very well with the whole um, uh, philosophy of, of First Burleson is. Is we we really focus on reaching out to the to the Lord? We focus on reaching in to each other, and we focus on reaching out to to those around us.
1: Yeah, I thought that was significant. I mean, the fact that Jesus went to that those level of friends and then to the yeah. Father. But I mean, God was in all of that. Yeah, right? right. Definitely. But even in that midst, Jesus was disappointed by his friends because right. they didn't stay yeah. awake. He and turned and said, hey, so. yeah." So even that experience of yeah, you, God gives us people to rely on. So. And there's probably a lot of people out there right now saying, well, I don't need a counselor. I mean, this is not to that right. level because we think that's an extreme. Right. Although every one of us could use some counseling. That's not that's <laughs> not going to hurt. It's a good thing. But that we do have those close inner circle of friends that we can just be real and honest and just spill our guts to, and they're not going to judge us or condemn us. Right. But in that, we can find some healing and encouragement as well.
2: Right. That And that has a lot to do with, uh, that, that can even go back to, because of the pandemic, we're yeah. We have camaraderies. We have relationships that we don't get to have. Yeah, we're isolated. As, yeah, we're isolated, and so it's important to to really uh, lean in on on someone.
1: Yeah,
2: and uh, and do manage self care.
0: Yeah, I, I think in it, as as a father of two teenagers now,
2: mm. right? Wow. I think that they're how old
0: are you? <laughs> old. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow, That's uh, true. they're. One of the the friendship concepts that I'm trying to help my kids understand, Jesus uh-huh. modeled right there, right? And that is he had friends, right. And as Ronnie said, the Father helped bring those relationships together. He was uh, exposed. He, mm-hmm. he shared the depth of who he was with his friends, yeah, his yet he was still disappointed. And the right. thing that amazes me is he didn't abandon his friends, even though they right. abandoned him. So just this, this whole idea that there is both pain and joy even among friends, and yet we still have to do these things with other people. Right, right. right. It's, it's almost this—sometimes back in doing leadership training with pastors, I got into trouble when I would share that God is not enough. And that's a crazy statement, wow. I know, yeah. right? But yeah. he, the, the idea behind it is that God created Eve, right? right? God created us to experience life, not just with Him alone, but with other people, right? Yeah. right? And so our mechanism
1: for all of that, David, is life groups.
2: Right. Yeah. He created us for community. you
1: remember that old hymn, My Best Friend is Jesus?
2: Do you remember that song? It might be past my time. Yeah. But. You I might should, want to sing. Is, it. That, is that
1: go that like we, Ships Ahoy? Is it. it is. It's the same tune. Okay, but uh, my best friend is Jesus. I don't know. I just I just thought of that, so I thought I'd share. It. <laughs> he It's in, is, it's he is it's a in good the it's in a hymnal somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we know we have
0: at our church. We say that all ministry takes place through life yes, groups and that's do. really yes. what we're pushing hard a lot. is that we've got to get people engaged in community in smaller groups which we call life groups right. we're in the the series here of church deployed and pushing that out into the neighborhoods right. right so i'm sorry ronnie you were going to mention something no that's you're right on thank you for paying attention oh. uh, to our
1: sermon <laughs> series that's awesome There's one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so tell me uh, how how do we take all of this and apply this to our neighborhood? I mean, oh yeah, reach in, reach out, reach yeah. up.
2: You know, it's very applicable uh, in church deployed because uh, it, it's in your home, in your neighborhoods. It's where you're. I, I hate to use the word stuck, but. Uh, as you're spending time alone with the Lord personally, and you're spending time with your family system, uh, you're reaching in and uh, working on your own interpersonal things, but you, you, we also have to reach out, and, and I find that it's important that we look around to our neighbors and see where we can be a help, and uh, it's uh, I think it's good for your family system, it's good for yourself uh, to help those around you, and, and to engage, if we if you will, one of our statements is engage the culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you have any personal stories that might represent something like <laughs> Actually, what you're talking about? Actually, dude?
2: I do. Uh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, so my, my family, we noticed, uh, and this is just some uh, a small practical step I think that would be uh, useful, is uh, our family noticed across the street we have some neighbors that a lot of the family had shown up, uh, in, more than normal, and so we knew that there was <laughs> something going on over there. And uh, we offered to help. Is there anything we can do to help? And, of course, we, we got to know. We've got this. We can handle this. And over, over time, we watched and paid attention. And I noticed uh, <clears throat> one of the, the, the wife was trying to take out her trash, and she was having trouble getting it to the curb. And so I went over and offered, hey, can I take out your trash for you? She said, yes. And uh, I said, how about I do this for you every Monday? Um, because that's wow. the one day she takes out her trash. And she said, great. Absolutely. So we made a deal where I would pick up her trash, take it out to the curb, and and every now and then she would stop and talk, and so that went on for a few weeks, and then as we talked, I found out uh, that her family, who was all there regularly, yeah. had gotten sick and uh, were not able to come and take care of them. So I offered, well, how about Monday nights we just bring you dinner, wow, uh, some sandwiches or something, and, yeah. and they said that would be wonderful, and so now we've we uh, Monday nights we take out the trash and bring them dinner,
1: wow. Have you ever found your dinner in their trash when they were taking it <laughs> out? To I've never looked, okay. to be honest. Well, that's probably, best. That's I mean, probably just, a good thing. I'm sure you could cook. But, uh, <laughs> Depends yeah. on his cooking. If really they're only out. taking out trash once a week, that
2: could be a lot of trash. That is a lot of trash. I can see why it's so heavy.
1: Yeah, yeah. But that's cool, man. I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about with right. the church on our block. Right? Just being a good neighbor, that's where it starts. Uh, back, That's the Rosaria Butterfield's, The Gospel Comes with a key. Her whole encouragement is just be a good neighbor to people. Right. Taking out trash, taking food over or whatever. That's, that's how it starts that relationship and people trust you. And then that opens the door. But, you know, right now you've seen it. People just walk in the streets yes. and stopping and talking. That mm-hmm. wasn't very popular pro, pre-COVID, at least not in my neighborhood. Right. But now it's just like people just want to talk. They just want to share. And you say, how you doing? Well, you better get ready for 20 minutes of conversation. Right. But that's so healthy. For people see that you really do care.
2: And they want that. They don't need counseling. They may just need a neighbor.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the church deployed. That's as mm. simple as it is, just to be a real person, authentic, and to be a good neighbor and listen and care.
2: That's right. Yeah.
0: Again. Yeah. Cool. Well, David, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. You are an exceptional member of our team. Our church and our community of faith is better because you're a part of it, and it truly is a joy to get to serve with you. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today on the Church Deployed podcast. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family on social media. For info about any of our podcast videos or other content, you can follow at FBC Burleson on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter, or on our website at firstburleson.org. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.